0: Hey everyone out there, this is uh, Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Uh, got something a little different today, not coming to you from the wood shop, the standard studio that I use. Uh, now and again, yeah. one of the things about this whole uh, recovering myself is I have the ability to say yes to things today and, uh, and and feel opportunities and and I really do not know how these things get to put together and I don't question them too much either. But I got an email that said something about love to connect and I looked into the person here my guest today and I saw that she was doing some pretty cool stuff and it didn't take me very long to see that I didn't have to do a deep in-depth study to see that and uh you know when the universe sends me gifts uh I think my job is to receive them and so uh we've contacted one another and uh I'm really interested in seeing uh talking to do you go by Pamela
1: Mm mm-hmm Yep.
0: I don't know if it was a Pam or a Pamela.
1: Peter is great.
0: Yeah. Well, I always ask, when I get that question, I always ask, what do your friends call you? <laughs>
1: um,
0: and usually somebody will say, you know, they'll actually tell me finally what they prefer to be called by. So Pamela, uh, and will you, uh, Savino? Yes. All right. Pamela Savino. That's some of those pronunciation stuff and getting, I have a real big thing with names. So she come across and uh, I really don't uh, know too deeply about it, but my heart told me that uh, these are tools that would benefit my listeners and, and, hell, the world in general. So Uh, any exposure we can give one another and help get this stuff out because there is a gathering of folks and and I don't understand what it is but I see these corners maybe that I'm more awake to it where these pockets of these people are doing really cool stuff in order to help everybody and I can stay focused on all that crap going out there in the world if I want to and all the negative and how all that or I can keep my aim and my attention focused on these people who are doing good things in the world and, and, and it means a ton to my being, my very being on which one of those two diets I digest, uh, according to just how well I am on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, keeping my eye out for people like you is, uh, is good for my soul. So, uh, let's just start out. What's, uh, what do you, how'd you, how'd you get here and what are you doing?
1: Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's see how much time do we have today? A few yeah, hours. No, it's kind of tough to, uh,
0: my <laughs> yeah. podcast a lot of times go two to three hours.
1: Oh Wow. You know? Yeah. Sure when you can, I mean, yeah, when you're kind of jiving and talking with someone who's like-minded and you're collaborating and sharing a powerful message, I can see how that can happen. Yeah, but no, not- I won't, I won't, I'll keep it shorter than a few hours for you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I joke, but you know, it really is kind of a long story. You know, it's been sort of a long and winding road to where I, to how I've gotten to where I am And I'd love to share that with you because I think that that's so important, that background, you know, hearing what, um, you know, the chronology was leading me up to this point, you know, it's, you know, rather than just telling what I do today, because it it has a long and winding road of self-discovery, you know, a couple of moments in my life where I was at rock bottom and um, I'd love to share those with you. So,
0: well, maybe we could even do this after this, Uh, you know, I would be totally open to a longer form one sometime when we could schedule the time too. So this could be a teaser.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like a little intro, like the trailer. So, what's more to come? So, yeah. anyway, so um, background on me. So, in my 20s, so I had what I consider to be a pretty traditional background. You know, I grew up in a small suburban family in the um, the suburbs of Chicago. Mom, Dad, my brother. So I went to, um, went to college. I studied actuarial science, which was like one of the new up-and-coming fields of study then. Math was always my strong suit. Mm. So I wanted to study that. I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, studied that, and I was working as a consulting actuary in my 20s in corporate America. So I was kind of, I got married when I was 23. So I was kind of going down that checklist of what I thought I should be doing, right? Like this is just what you do, right? You go to school and you get married and you, know, you start a job and you buy a house and a bigger house and that whole, I was kind of going down kind of just along my merry way, checking boxes. We um, started our family in my late 20s. And when I was 30, I believe I was 31, the bottom of my world dropped out because I was in the third trimester of pregnancy with my second child and I unexpectedly lost the baby. Oh,
0: okay. And
1: thank you. And that for me was absolutely life shattering. I mean, I that was one of my rock bottoms. I mean, I have yeah. to say of all of the events in my life, that is probably the, the lowest I've ever been. Yeah, I was,
0: trauma.
1: It really was. It was, I couldn't even get my head wrapped around You know, how I was at the heights of joy. I mean, we were weeks away from welcoming this child into our lives. Baby names picked out, nursery set up. I mean, all ready to welcome this child. I couldn't even, it took me weeks, months to even get my head around the shock of how do I go from the heights of joy to the depths of despair in literally a blink of an eye. So, you know, my heart was reeling for um, a long time, a long time, months, years, actually. know, I was deflated spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally across the board. I didn't know how I was going to put one foot in front of the other and get through the day. So I did. I mean, somehow I did. I mean, I, I started to dig really deep then. Up until that point, I had been on a religious path. So I was brought up Catholic. And the idea here is not to draw any comparisons or make any judgments or anything. But that was my, that was my history. I went to church every Sunday and that was what I was given as my, as my faith. So I accepted it until this life shattering moment occurred. And that really prompted me to start to dig really deep. You know, how could this, I was contemplating, you know, the ideas of life and death and, you know, how could this God who's supposed to be so kind and loving and merciful, like choose to inflict such imaginable pain on me? I mean, I was, really, really reeling for a long time and going deep. And I was up until three o'clock in the morning, Googling, you know, I thought like, wait, well, maybe my, I can't figure this out on my own. So like, maybe my answers are on the internet. And yeah. where? How, why did this happen? And learning about the, the, you know, the kind of the medical angle behind stillbirths and all of that. And I was really searching, I was really searching for answers. So um, we were able actually to, you know, I got pregnant soon thereafter within, I think, about four months and there were some synchronicities in there. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, how the universe just kind of does these things. And, you know, I, I believe that everything happens. I mean, the way that it's supposed to, now that I look back, but um, you know, there were certain synchronicities along the way, like, you know, we have, we just so happened to drive past the cemetery, you know, a handful, you know, when, yeah. you know, the anniversary of her passing, things like that at you know yeah. exactly the time of her birth, things like that. Little cosmic winks, if you will, from the right. universe kind of told me, you know what, just keep going. It's part of the plan. So I did keep going and um, we ended up having three more children, blessed right. with three more additional children. And I was then in my 30s and I was knee deep in, I was in the throes of motherhood. I mean, knee deep in all things related to kids, the house piles of laundry, homemade baby food, homemade Play-Doh. Like I was like in full-blown mom mode. Here in a ponytail, no makeup. Like I joke, my joke was that I would have been a good candidate for one of those makeover shows, you know, where they're like, oh yeah, we could really kind of give her a little transformation. I wasn't prioritizing myself is really what was coming. I was prioritizing everything and everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that really resonates with a lot of moms in particular stay-at-home moms who – are just so um, enmeshed in you know taking care of the kids. Their whole life is about the kids and the family and the house, and that's wonderful. I mean, that's such a great role to fill. But I was neglecting so many other areas of my life, and I didn't realize that you know I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't exercising. I was just kind of on autopilot, going through the motions you're and,
0: pouring from an empty cup, you know? Yeah, about-
1: exactly. Yeah, that is precisely the, I'm glad you said that. That is precisely the phrase that I use is, you know, I was, I was trying to pour from this, you know, my pitcher was, was bone dry and I didn't realize it. So I kept trying to pour in other people's cups and like nothing's coming out. And I was right. like, it was just. It was kind of challenging I mean as much as I love being able to stay home with them all of those years it was hard especially because my husband was traveling he was on the road a lot for work and would be gone for stretches of time days weeks international trips things like that so there really was you know a disc I was disconnected from myself we were there was sort of a disparity that was growing between us in terms of our connection and over the years that disparity kind of grew and in my early 40s, we ended up getting divorced. Mm. So that was obviously another event that totally, um, you know, shook me. and more trauma. More trauma, exactly, more trauma. And um, although it was a harmonious divorce, you know, divorce is still yeah. a huge, deep life event. I mean, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of healing that needed to happen. Um, my healing, tending to the kids' healing. Yeah. But something really beautiful happened during that time is and what that thing is, is that I was able to discover my purpose. I was able to step into my purpose, my life purpose, what I was sent here to do. Right. And, you know, I firmly believe, again, nothing happens by accident, nothing happens by chance. And the universe knew, it knew what was inside of me. It knew my purpose and it knew the magnitude of the life event that needed to, that it needed to send, the magnitude of that catalyst, if you will that was needed in order for me to completely shake up my reality to launch me to where I am today. So, you know, where I am today is I'm, you know, I'm on this mission to change the world, you know, to help people step into authentic realities, to live a life where they feel, you know, where what they're doing, what they're seeing, what they're believing, and all of that is in alignment. And it's a feeling, you know, it's a feeling of peace. It's a feeling of empowerment. It's a feeling of truth. It's a feeling of connection. It's a feeling of, knowingness acceptance um forgiveness i mean there's so many things that are wrapped up in that and it really is such a magical place i mean i've never felt like this i had it's a very different feeling Mm -hmm. than when i was in my marriage you know but again no nothing is a mistake nothing is a waste of time in the spiritual world every season serves its purpose and you know my purpose for my marriage was to bring these four amazing children into the world but once that once that mission was fulfilled, you know, the well was dry, so to speak. There was nothing more that was left in terms of the romantic relationship. So we had a choice, right? Everything in life is a choice. So we could either continue to drift in these sort of unconscious autopilot realities where you're kind of more or less doing okay, but something's not quite right and you can't put your finger on it. Like yep. that kind of feeling that I know so many people can identify with, whether or not it's whether it's a marriage that, or relationship that they're in or a job that they're in or just that feeling of like something just isn't quite right. And that whole this whole experience prompted my individual journey of self-discovery, prompted me to really dig deep. And do my soul work. It started, my soul work started when I lost the baby years ago. But that's really when I just kind of started to open up. And my awareness started to expand. But the universe said, okay, sweetheart, now it's go time. Like it's time to hit the gas pedal. It's your moment of truth. This is your moment to shine. Um, you got to strike while the iron's hot and go for it. And that's what I did. And I firmly believe that anyone can do this. I believe that we all have it within us. We just need to be willing to step out of fear and into faith. Yeah. Um, and trust that the universe is going to provide for us
0: that is uh so many bell ringers in there that's what i, I use when i hear these things that tip me off and it just sounds as you know it's, it's we're using completely we're putting a different label on exactly the same work because that's the same thing that that uh, what you're saying is exactly the same thing i mean i could i could tape record it and put it out of my voice and people would think I, it's me, me talking
1: that I is know. Right. Yeah.
0: Those bottoms, yeah. those low spots or whatever, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we just don't grow when things are okay.
1: Right.
0: We just don't. And that's, it's a little bit of a shame, but it's just the way it is. You just don't, you have to have some kind of like rock. Something has to rock your world before we will make it, make a change. We get so stuck into a, a trajectory and a groove, so to speak, that until something bumps us out of the groove and, 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 and upsets our apple cart, Uh, That's usually the catalyst to all personal growth. It seems to me,
1: right? Absolutely, that has been my experience as well.
0: Yeah. So how you? What do we? uh, So what did that? What did that turn into?
1: Yeah. What that turned into? Oh my gosh! I just I need to fasten my seatbelt. I mean, every day I feel like I'm on this like exciting thrill ride. So what that turned into is when I was going through the divorce, I was really contemplating. You know, what does my next chapter look like? Mm -hmm. You know, I had spent the last 15, 14, 15 years or so, kind of holed up in my house behind the scenes, taking care of the kids, the family. One of my friends even said to me at one point, Pam, get out of the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) She's kind of a messenger for me. Like, okay, time to like put my oven mitts aside and maybe like really branch out, like really get out there. She kept saying like, you need to get out there. Like, okay, I wonder what that means, right? So that always kind of had me a little curious. So I really started to do some deep soul searching and decided that I wanted to become a spiritual life coach.
0: Mm-hmm. I had
1: long felt the call, you know, felt the pull to help other people. Didn't quite know when I was gonna do that. I mean, this goes years, years back. You know, I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know what. I just knew that I wanted to dedicate my life to helping people somehow, some way. And so I decided to become a spiritual life coach, got certified as a coach. And I thought, you know what, I think I could totally fit this in, handful of hours a week um, in between, you know, baking batches of brownies, whatever, client here, client there. And the universe, again, is like, no, sweetheart, you're gonna need to go bigger than that. So I um, set set sails down the path of writing a book. I felt the pull. I thought, you know, this is great that I'm helping handfuls of people here and there, but I am a go big or go home kind of of person. I wanted to cast my net wide. I wanted to disseminate my message to a much broader audience. So what I decided to do was start writing a book and Mm -hmm. literally um, two months, about two months after I started writing it, I handed it off to my editor, my business coach, and I said, I'm done. So for almost 400 pages, 100,000 words, and I have to be honest with you, I mean, it's I look back at it and read certain parts of it, and you know, it's a spiritual book on, on growth and transformation. It's about my divorce process. It's about how I partnered with the universe to create my new reality. So I walk my readers through some of my darkest moments and not only tell them, but show them because I wanted to share my story in an authentic way. Um, And, you know, and again, it's, I look back at certain parts of the book and, you know, it's the universe speaking, you know, I feel like it's, I read, read the words and I'm like, these aren't even my words. It's just, it's surreal, you know, it was absolutely channeled. And, you know, and I I gave you kind of the timestamp on that because it just, it was a surreal kind of moment in time for me. I felt like the universe was working through me. I was just, I'm just a conduit. You know, I feel like I'm just a passenger on this journey. I don't show up as this, like, you know, Oh, this you know all-knowing spiritual teacher and you know let me show you the ways no like I'm a student I'm a you know I'm a student as well in this earthly classroom I learn every single day Um, I'm just a guide I view myself as an awakener you know I'm here to help awaken people to their truth and that's why I do what I do via a number of different modalities I work with individual clients I have a Facebook group um, I am an individual coach. I'm moving into group coaching. I've got my book, my mm-hmm. podcast. So, so many other, so many ways I try to make my message available to people.
0: Um, so that a little bit, I'm a, I'm a concrete guy. So, uh, like what kind of tools, what, what do you actually, you know, it takes work, right? I heard you say that earlier about spiritual worker or, or yeah. you know, the word there's actually, you know, we can, you know, that's where a lot of things fell short for me in the past. And again, just like you said, I'm not looking to throw any religion or anything like that under the bus at any level. But, you know, I was given some stuff that just said, you know, just pray it away or just, mm-hmm. you know, just believe and things will get better and, and things like that. But I found for me and that's why the 12 steps worked so well for me that I had some concrete things where I actually sat down with pens and papers and did things and, and sit down with people and had some concrete methodology to walk through that where I was actually doing something to crack open and see what this is inside of here that makes Dan tick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could see that and you know, stop repeating my bad patterns that I didn't even know existed. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah. it also develop some new stuff to fill that up. Cause the whole vacuum thing, if I just stop something, then it's the real classical with the dope and alcohol. If you just cut off the dope and the alcohol, uh, the, you can't do that. There's a vacuum created. You must fill that with something else uh, or you will wind up, you know, our experience is you'll wind up right back where you were, usually worse off than you were. So what kind of tools, you know, what what kind of, I know probably some of the stuff is probably, you know, you don't want to I know for a fact that some of it just doesn't translate. Right? The 12 steps doesn't work in you know, on paper, but in, in, yeah. in practice it, it does work.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so yeah. What kind of things are you doing with your clients and to get into there?
1: yeah, for sure I'm glad you asked that and it really is um, I like to provide a framework i'm such a big fan of of giving people sort of a menu to choose and not hand them this blueprint this you right. know their cookie cutter approaches you know don't work because I believe that everybody is you know is individual their needs their preferences their desires their styles etc so I like to provide a framework and be a guide but Lifestyle is such a big piece of spirituality. Lifestyle, just hooking into your spirituality, tapping in, um, figuring out your purpose. Life, I view spirituality as a lifestyle of connection. Mm-hmm. And it's, how do we do that? You know, we can we can connect. There are many things that we can do during the day that can that help us connect to our. Spirituality our divinity within and help us make the right choices to move forward So a lot of what I do is mindset work So I help people to kind of reprogram or rewire Their mind because we've been telling ourselves the same stories over the years. Mm -hmm. We have certain tendencies and patterns and I like to always run what I'm doing through the filter of does this move me forward? You know, how does this choice how does this choice move me forward whether it's how I'm spending my time whether I'm you know, hobbies that I'm engaging in, um, people that I spend, again, people that I spend my time with, food that I eat, you know, every single moment of every day presents me with a choice to make. Um, Lifestyle, again, is such a big piece of it. I completely overhauled my lifestyle in the process. That was a big piece of my growth and transformation was um, adopting a holistic lifestyle. So that encompasses mind, body, and spirit. So Mm -hmm. I started um, taking care of myself, things that I never did in my thirties when I was taking care of my kids. You know, I would eat crust on the grilled cheese, you know, kids grilled cheese sandwiches that was left over, And you know, again, I started, I completely overhauled the way that I ate. So I started to shop differently, you know, shop in the produce section of the grocery store. I became plant-based. I started lifting weights in my thirties. Um, in addition to cardio, I started to meditate some. I started to spend time in nature started to prioritize sleep, just kind of that, that overall, you know, health and wellness type lifestyle. I started journaling. I started finding a different tribe. I mean, that's part of this journey too is huge piece of this journey is surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, not to say that everyone in your life has to adopt your belief system, but everyone in your life should enrich your life in some way, shape or form. And it's really important to make sure that you surround yourself with people who are, who are supporting you on your journey, who are like-minded, who are moving in the same general direction as you are.
0: Yeah. And it's the same time, you know, they're just, the fact of the matter is, is there some people who are, um, a deterrent to that? And
1: absolutely and
0: don't, you know, I, I just don't have room for that. It drags me down and same thing as that diet, right? It's like a spiritual diet. If I'm, if I'm one of the ways I tell people, you know, if the, if Joe's gas station down the road had the cheapest gas in town, but your car ran like crap on it, would you keep on going back to it? You know, we do that with our bodies, you know, we, right. one of the real easy ones real quick is like when somebody doesn't feel good, because that's usually what this looks like in the beginning, right? I just don't feel good. Whether if it's mental, I don't feel good physically. I just don't feel good. Uh, you know, what are you eating? Are you getting up off your butt and getting some movement? Are you, you know, who are you hanging out with? Uh, right. Getting any sleep, uh, you know, and you can hit some pretty high points real quick and see almost, you know, almost without question, those answers are, are down low in the person's list of priorities and, uh, and falling to the side, you know, and, and, and it's funny because I also say I can't see me that well. You know, uh, other people see me better. They will tell me what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. Uh, and same thing, uh, you know, in this whole sponsorship thing, you know, because a sponsor is not a lot different than a life coach. Uh, I can't see me very well, but this dude, when I let him in all my life, He runs my life pretty doggone good, really. And, you know, I'm not turning over control to him 100%, but I keep him in the loop, you know, and he can see things that I'm not seeing. And the interesting thing is, is he really don't run his life all that well either. But he's got a guy (laughs) that he talks to that helps him see where he's going. And, and, you know, I'm not sure I would say the whole apprenticeship kind of thing that goes on when both in male and female roles, where we used to have people that guide us into how to do this thing called life back before all this technology. And there are things that's gotten distracted. You had role models and coaches in your life by proxy. And today you really don't.
1: Right. Unless
0: you find somebody like you or, you know, search somebody out. And some of those people hit that, that, life jackpot and just happen to have people like that in their lives that, that fill that role. Uh, I have great parents, but I still ended up in the bottom where I ended up. You mm-hmm. know, it really has very, it, it, I had great role models, but I couldn't hear them. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think that's so important. I'll echo that. I mean, I think the importance of having a mentor or a guide is just, is just such a big piece of the puzzle. I mean, it can really help us to help guide us through our life. I mean, it's, I think, I, think I firmly believe everyone should have some type of, again, role model, mentor. And if they don't, I really encourage them to seek someone out. Yeah. Because, Like you said, they do see our lives. You know, they, they see our lives through completely different lenses than we see our own lives. I mean, I had mentors. I had spiritual guides. I didn't get to this place on my own. You know, I went to see spiritualists over the years. I was in, you know, we were in... Counseling and couples therapy. And then I continued with an individual therapist mm-hmm. during my divorce process because I wanted to make sure that I came out of this okay. I mean, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be, you know, sound in mind, body, and spirit and really do the work while it was occurring rather than sweep it under the rug, ignore it, think, oh, I'll be just fine. You know, I'm just going to plow through this. Because the pain is there. The pain has to go somewhere, right? So I can either defer it and continue to and bury it and carry it with me, or I can do the work as it's occurring. And, and make sure that I'm, I'm sound again in mind, body and spirit. So, and that's what I chose to do. So there are lots of different modalities for that, you know, therapists, life coaches, again, just doing your soul work on your own. I had people in my everyday life who spoke my language would kind of reinforce certain messages or reinforce that mindset. And, um, you know, again, just keeping that mindset every single day is presents us with a steady stream of choices. Yeah. You know, does this move me forward? How does this serve me? Mm-hmm. Right? Are there, am I holding on to anything that is weighing me down or disallowing me from stepping into the future, you know, in, in you know, the direction I want to take my life. So, really is. I mean, it's, it, it is work. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to paint this picture that it's all like butterflies and rainbows and you just flip the soul work, you know, switch on and boom, like you're magically on this other side. I mean, it's taken me a lot of work to get to where I am, but, you know, I, I would, looking back, I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, I firmly believe that everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. And we just have to choose to view, view life as happening for us, not to us. Right, yeah. so it's about stepping out of that victim mindset that, like, oh, woe is me, why did this happen to me? To so, you know what? This is my reality, this is my situation, and I have a choice, right? I have a choice in how I get through this, how I navigate this. And I can either stay stuck in the place of the victim, which keeps me attracting more victims in my life, which keeps me stuck in that mindset and all of the emotions associated with victims, or I can step into decide to step into the hero mindset, again, which takes work to get there, but that's when we open ourselves up to all of the abundance and amazingness that the universe has to offer, right? That's when the universe puts other like-minded people who are on similar trajectories in our path. That's when we experience peace. That's when we finally come into knowing of, you know, what contentment really feels like. That's when we know what it feels like to step into our truth and find our voice and live it out on a daily basis. So I firmly believe that that is the pathway, again, whether it's, you know, through religion or whatever your life experience is, like you said, um, you know, whether it's, we're all dealing with something, right? We all have pain. It's all about how do we transmute our pain into power? Everybody's path looks a little bit different, but it's about how do we step out of fear and into faith? And again, whether it's you're dealing with alcohol recovery, drugs, you know, grieving the loss of you know, a child like I was, a divorce, again, it's still the same process, still the process from going from pain into power, right? From fear mode into love. It's all the same. We're all, we're all trying to do the same thing here. Our stories just look a little different.
0: That's uh, you know, there's a couple of things. And one of the reasons for my podcast is this whole thing is how we communicate. This is by storytelling by you yeah. telling your story, by me telling mine. And that's yeah. what I do primarily is have people come in and tell their 12 step 12, tell their, and what we say in recovery is out of the book. It says uh, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now.
1: Oh, so I love that.
0: that little, uh, little, and you know, the what happened is usually the bottom, right? Here's what, yes. who here's what hit me upside the head and changed my trajectory. And usually those are really bad things. I mean, those are usually pretty tragic things that happen uh you uh, there's a couple other things i want i believe you said this in an email i got from you the other day and this phrase has hit me a couple times in the last week or so of this uh of moving from thriving to or from surviving to thriving was that in your email
1: very very quick. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I do use that
0: phrase a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's all that that went right along in line with the things you were saying a minute ago about, you know, as you were giving these metaphors of you know, of how we move from this to that, from fear to love to, yeah. uh, and, and that one rang my bell because I, th- I think I saw it from you. And then I have a couple other people in my life who have mentioned that lately. And I like, yeah, that is, you know, uh, thankful that I'm, I'm not just doing mere surviving today. I am thriving today. Uh, and, we have a line in a, in that Bill Wilson's uh, Alcoholics Anonymous has some fantastic stuff phrases phrases in it, and one of them is, is that we have a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So day by day, I have to do something for my very spirit, you know. And one of the things that a lot of people want to look at that they replace that spiritual word, you know, and their mind automatically thinks because they were raised Catholic or because they have this this uh, training is what it is into uh, something they automatically paradigm that that means I need to be a better Catholic. You know, and, and, uh, and there are any these things where to set down those ideas and try something oh try something new. Now if that is working for you, then you know <laughs> there's no reason to change it, right? right but you're right. not sitting with the Alcoholic Anonymous sponsor or a life coach because everything's working out for you <laughs> okay. Uh you didn't land in the seat across from me because everything is going good. Uh so that uh so it comes down to that day at a time, living where your feet are, doing what I can today. Don't get overwhelmed tomorrow. You know, yeah, we look towards the future, but we don't, uh, we can't, we can't uh, obsess on it. And then the other thing is get my past. My past is sitting right here a lot, trying to block me from moving forward and I got to have some tools to put the past where it belongs so that I can open up my future uh, and all the tools and all the things you're saying. It's just, it's, uh something that I seem to, because recovery opened me up and uh, allowed me to like accept what you're offering me now rather than my old me would reject. I got like this little old default uh, setting that would, uh, if you're bringing me something that's working for you, uh, I almost automatically reject it, right? I see you doing this and I'm, and I'm watching your walk, but, you know, I could make up any number of reasons why it won't work for me. Uh, I'm a guy, you're a gal, won't work for me you know, well, you have this and I don't, so it won't work here. Uh, and and I reject what you're handing to me, but this uh, coming awake has opened me up to to to, to looking at these, uh, being open to everybody, you know, whatever's all these gifts. Like I said in the beginning, when the universe offers me a gift to be open to looking into it and all the spiritual teachings and it's not, you know, I won't, I'm no guru, no kind, but I do delve in a lot of different things uh, is the same the same life story has been taught since the beginning of recorded history. It really has in some form or another. Now it's like they, they're all tied with a different color bow on them because you need it tied with the red one. And I need it tied with a blue one in order to be able to hear it. And uh, cause you said, you know, put down what no longer serves you. Right. I mean, that's a Buddhist, right. That's how that that's, that's a long, that's old teachings, uh, do right. talk the same kind of stuff, you know, and yeah. so we have to continue to re- relearn these lessons and it kind of goes, I don't know, I relate to that Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Cause you mentioned hero a minute ago, living as a hero of, it seems to be, this must just be the pattern of life is that we grow up, we have bad things happen. Our job is to survive those and then thrive off of them and then turn around. And the, the completion of the hero's journey is to use my experience to help you because you're going through it. Somebody else is going through the same thing I went through. Uh, and, and, and I'm sure we say life on life's terms, uh, is how we live this thing. Like you said, there's not, everything's been, I always said, uh, uh rainbows and unicorn parts. Everything's not been rainbows and unicorn parts. Uh, I still run into life, right? things happen, people die, circumstances, whatever, the pandemic, the, all this stuff is going to keep going with you. The trick is to have tools and an operational philosophy for doing this thing called life, where I can do this stuff in a healthy manner, uh, and and thrive in it rather than just barely survive it.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think a big piece of that too, is, is adopting this flow mentality, right? Flowing with the direction life is taking us and not constantly resisting. I lived in a place of resistance for a long time, just kind of pushing against it and trying to swim upstream and kind of against the current. But when we release and swim with the current, I'll just allow ourselves, allow the kind of the current or the river of life to kind of take us where it's going to take us. Life is just so much sweeter and it's easier. And there's just a naturalness and an ease and organicness and a flow to it. Um, I could have resisted, you know, when the events played out the way that they did, you know, with my divorce, I could have resisted. I could have said, you know what? I don't want this. I, we need to stay married. We need to keep the family unit intact. I went through all of that. I went through. The kids. Of, I'm sorry. For the kids. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was, and I was telling myself that story for a while. I was like, you know what? We need to stick this out for the kids. And I kept kicking the can and we'll just deal with this later and we'll defer this later. But, um, But yeah, it's just, I had to just kind of, you know, tell myself a different story. You know, I had a choice to make and I could have, I could have chosen a different path. You know, I could have resisted. I could have said, you know what, I'm going to force myself to keep the family unit intact and stay together. But then I, I really, I had to get go really deep and realize, you know, I'm not doing any favors for my family if I'm showing them, if I'm trying to parent from a place of unhappiness or from a place of unfulfillment or a place of inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's been proven, you know, my, my decision, you know, our decision has been proven to be the right one, you know, to step into authenticity many times over. You know, shortly after I was divorced, I moved into a new house with the kids and um, my daughters, my girls looked at me and they both were like, Mom, you're so much happier now. Like mm-hmm. they had seen, and again, it wasn't a situation of again, no alcoholism, no abuse, like none of the ugliness that some people that sometimes mm-hmm. happens in divorces. It was just a, in a scenario of extreme disconnection. You know, so it's like they were still even even able to witness me being so much happier, even though I was still in the middle of the divorce process, they still saw a happier, more energized mom. And I know I'm a better mom because of the divorce. I mean, my divorce was a gift, you know, and I even knew it while it was happening. I'm like, I just need to keep showing up every day. I need to just keep showing up, putting one foot in front of the other and the universe will provide for me. I mean, the universe divinely orchestrated this event to happen precisely the way that it needed to happen to launch me to where I am today. And today I'm touching, you know, thousands of lives on a daily basis and my kids are in a better place and Again, but if I had resisted, then I would still be stuck. I would still be stuck in a reality that wasn't serving me, wasn't serving my kids. And it's really hard to live that way. It's hard to live, you know, it's hard to bring any energy to anything when you're feeling stuck and when you feel like you're just going through the motions. Yes. You know, I so firmly believe life is meant to be celebrated, life is meant to be joyous, life is meant to feel, you're supposed to feel amazing most of the time. Right. And if you don't, like, something needs to change. There's something within you needs to change, something in your external world needs to to change. But most often, it's always something that's within us. That's where we need to start. There's something, there's healing, there's those unconscious parts of ourselves that need to be made conscious, that need to be made, you know, need to be healed. And that's the joy. I mean, the joy is in the journey. The joy is, like you said, just be where your feet are, just be present in the moment and just enjoy, enjoy what we have in front of us today
0: and you know it takes some it takes some doing to turn that slow boat according to where you come from so you know that's why you know uh, but as time goes by and and you get you put together more and more good days in a row mm-hmm. and you know because I do remember being miserable most of the time and not wanting to get out of bed and not wanting to go to the job and Uh, and put together days, and then before long, I'm thinking, boy, it's been a long time since I've really felt bad, and we have to change that momentum, and get it going the other direction, and then I'm sure that you've experienced the same thing, you know, that was all fine and dandy when that happened for me, and it really was great, really was great, when it happened for me, I was happy, you know, heck yeah, I'll take this, but the real joy came into me when I started being able to hand this to other people. Yeah, and I started being able to give this gift to other people and watch them move from that. You, you stop short of using the word miserable. I wanted to tack that on when mom, the kid said, "Mom, you look so happy. You're not miserable anymore." You know, because that's yeah. sometimes I can find myself and other people softening the language a little bit, and 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 that's what I see when I see people in that. They're miserable. They really are. I mean, it's almost suffering. Uh, right, right. used to stay there uh thinking that you know for any number of reasons why they can't have something better, I uh, think right. self esteem thing in there you are actually worth it you're worth it do it uh I care about you. I know that that's inside of you to start yeah. coaching people and encouraging them to 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 strive for more uh and you know if they just don't want it uh, i taught- I've taught to uh take my toolkit next door, then somebody wants this. Mm-hmm. You don't want it uh, I'm not going to sit here I, you have to participate in this with me. Uh, right. I would love to do your recovery for you I actually would I would love to but I can't you have to do it
1: exactly yeah you use the word suffering one of the one of my favorite phrases is an old Buddhist phrase you probably have heard it pain is inevitable but suffering is optional yeah right and I love that because it just reminds us you know we have a choice yes we all experience pain in some way shape or form from time to time but we have a choice. We can either stay in that, in that pain and stay in that misery, or we can move out of it. We can do the work. We can do our healing work and, and move out of that place of suffering.
0: Yeah. Um, in my world, um, running somebody through these steps and I know it sounds a little funny, but taking them through this work is about a four to six month process. And that's the biggest variable is how long they spend in their fourth step, which is the inquiry work. And I'm sure that your stuff has some version of inquiry work also. Uh, It seems to be a universal, I think Socrates said something to the effect of uh, uh, the unexamined life is not worth living.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: And and that's what I had to, so that's how fast they actually, and how diligent they are in that piece of the work and, and, you know, four to six month investment in your life or whatever, you know, to get a lot, to make a big, to make a big surge forward. And I am gonna guess that you probably have noticed that this is a similar kind of thing in most realms is uh, there's a significant investment in saying, okay, this is going to take six months to make some real progress. Uh, But when you turn around and you look back at it, you know, six months is, you know, a minute ago it was July and it's going to be Christmas in a minute. And that's six months and it's, (laughs) and, and it goes by in a flash. Right. So uh, that's another thing that keeps people, they seem to think, you know, mm-hmm. make, they make that molehill into a mountain
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, and and it looks insurmountable. And, and our encouragement as coaches and mentors and sponsors and stuff is to pack that mountain back down to size.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We just do one day at it. a time. And we always, we try to conquer so much all at once, but really all we're required to do on any of our journeys is just show up, right? Show up every day with an open mind, open heart, willing to learn, willing to become a better version of our, the person we were yesterday. That's really all this is. And then we, you know what, we just, we do that today, we get up tomorrow and we do it again all over. And over time, then, then we'll be able to look back then, you know, over the six months or a year, we can look back and we'll be standing at the top of that mountain, right? And we'll be looking down and admiring the view from above. Um, But yeah, it just, again, it's just, you know, one, one step at a time. Yeah. And I always tell my clients, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a phrase I use all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oops. <clears throat> Hope that's not too loud. The landscapers are here. Um, I don't hear. Them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I always tell my clients, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm Italian, so I have to use that <laughs> that phrase. And um, it's it's true. You know, it's like again, one day at a time. Go easy on yourself. Just do your best. Just show up today. Open mind, open heart, willing to learn. Just ask yourself, you know, how what can I learn from this? Right. That's that hero mentality. Not why did this happen to me, but what can I learn from this? And how can I use my life experiences to craft me into a better version of the person that I was yesterday?
0: Yeah, there's an old there's- recovery book called uh a new pair of glasses. Oh. And uh, and it's old. It's in you know, the big book was released, I think, in thirty-nine and written about thirty-five or so. Uh and somebody shortly thereafter wrote a book, one of the Pillars back then of a new pair of glasses and talked about this transformation process being a big piece of that. You know, the, the what you're looking at really hasn't changed a lot, but how you're looking at it, uh, it changes completely.
1: Yeah. You look at yeah.
0: problems as opportunities. And, and, you know, the other thing was is actually just a, a big piece of mine is, uh, is realizing and actually, um, um being aware of the miracles that were actually occurring in my life. And I use that word a lot miracles because it's a lot of things that happened in my life. I have a, I have a miracle list. I started writing down the cool things that were happening to me as I started doing this process, whether if it was, uh, I spent a year on home incarceration in 2015. Uh, I got, I I got into quite a bit of trouble and I was really blessed to that. But like when certain little things events would happen there, you only let me off three months early. You know, that's a miracle <laughs> It's a miracle as a result of me doing this work and the universe saw that, you know, I believe fully that that's the way, way that happened. So I have this miracle list and you talking earlier, you know, I put that together and I look at it. And if any time I do think that the, that, that the universe has put me on this bus only to drop me off here. I like, no, this history here of everything that's happened for me, it's like a gratitude list is what it is. It's just long term gratitude list kind of thing of of these miracles that happen happen in our lives as we do this and to be aware of it and have people help me see that. The mentor role, the, the some having somebody in your life to be able to just uh another line from a big book it says you have to be completely honest with somebody if you're gonna live happily and long in this life.
1: Yeah. And I have
0: to have somebody that I can get my dirt out. You know, and not be judged, and tell you anything that that happens to come across my plate. Uh, I have to have this person to be able to unload my my karmic energy, so to speak, uh, or else I let it pile up and then it becomes unmanageable. But if I talk to this person on a regular basis, no problem ever gets real big because right. I'm in contact with somebody. I always say, uh, you know, I don't have to carry my luggage by myself anymore.
1: Yeah, I have that.
0: somebody to help me uh, to carry this stuff.
1: Yeah love
0: that yeah so where can we find you and i would uh i really would like to hear a longer version of your uh story sometime if you'd be open to that um,
1: yeah, absolutely yes i would be delighted where, to hear more
0: same thing when people come in here with this uh with, with what we do in in recovery talks and recovery talks i say are almost probably the original podcasts uh they have been recording these stories since back then there's old crackly cassette tapes and stuff that have been re- remastered now, but people have been handing around cassette tapes, and it was a thing in recovery. Uh, a guy who's been around for a while have a, a glove box full of cassette tapes, and okay. they say, "Here, listen to this guy's story." Okay, this guy's story, and and we're doing that in the podcast world now, right? We're doing that here, and that's why I say that was like the original podcast, except it was being handed around from glove box to glove box in vehicles. And uh, but a person's story is longer than you know. Traditionally, you get up in front of a podium at a meeting for an hour. And there's some readings at the beginning of the meeting and readings at the end of the meeting and you get about 40 minutes to tell your story. And mm-hmm. the only thing you really do is tell a blip of it with that. And, uh, and, in my podcast being a little longer format, uh, I get to hear how somebody was brought up and what the raising was. Cause I think that has a big piece into what you're, you know, I like to hear about your family system and yeah. I don't know, uh, in my world, a lot of people could feel some derailment early in life. Once they're, you know, we see all this stuff in the rearview mirror, right? Just like, right, you we'll know, never see it for what it is until we're beyond it. And we can look right. back and say, Oh, that's what that was. Uh, so that's what we do a lot of. And there's a, I like to hear about the early childhood and, you know, uh, we don't go like into like documentary form where, cause I mean, if you really, I could spend the rest of today telling you my story if I wanted to, but uh, a couple two, three, two hours is usually about where they land to, to really feel complete that, you know your story was sufficiently told on how you got here, so I would love to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you know, I would love to do that. Well. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I also want to make sure that you give some moment here, and uh, I don't know, probably get it from you from text too. So I'm putting the show notes and things like that. But how can people get a hold of you if they're uh, if this is landing with them and 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 they'd like to get in touch with you and your uh, your program?
1: Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so you can contact me by email directly. Um, I am at Pamela at liveauthenticallytoday.com. I also have a website liveauthentically.today. I have a private Facebook group liveauthenticallytoday today slash FB. Um, and my book is also available on Amazon. If anyone would like to read that? It's called S-O-A-R. S-O-A-R. So yes. yeah, a number of different, uh, different ways to reach me.
0: Yeah, good. That's a, uh, I think that's very, super valuable too. I do this, do this podcast, I'm involved in that 12-step spiritual recovery thing. People can contact me, so I got this whole list of uh, of ways to get with me. I probably don't need that many, but uh, sounds like you've got a well-rounded thing on that. And uh, I would like to get that stuff in writing from you, just because of the typos and you know that kind of thing. I'm sure, sure. I can. I'm sure I can lift some of it. Your uh, email and things like that, and get it on there. Um, is there any? Uh, I always ask this this because I'm just. Do you know where New Albany, Indiana, is?
1: I don't know exactly where it is now. Where are you from? I'm from the Chicago area, Chicago, okay. Illinois.
0: Do you still live in Chicago?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, well, New Omni is a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm just on the Indiana side of Louisville. We are Louisville for, for all uh, intents uh, okay. and purposes. But I say, you know, I'm just some n- New Omni redneck, really, that ended up being handed some tools, and, uh, and, and, I'm, and I have a mission to try and help other people, you know, Find their true purpose too. Uh, so, uh, where I where I was going with that is I ask if you have any concluders. Do you have a final little closing statement or any kind of message you want to put out there before we uh, sign off? And
1: yeah, absolutely. So, what I'd like to uh, to end with is I believe that we are all divine beings. I believe that we all have infinite power um, within us, and if we make the choice to do the work to connect to our soul we open ourselves up to an amazing world and i believe this is something that everyone can do there's no limit on universal energy it's unlimited it's free it's something that's available to us all throughout the day we just need to connect we just need to decide that we want a better life that's really the first step is making that decision that we want a better life and what opens up to us is amazing. So I believe, again, this is something everyone can do regardless of your situation. There is always, always a way through. And I believe in you. I believe we are each sent here for a purpose. And um, if we're willing to do our soul work um, again, we open ourselves up to amazing things.
0: Yeah. Juice. That's what we say when we hear something that's uh that's that life force stuff. Anybody says something, we say, Hey, that's juicy, or
1: I like it. <laughs> uh, I like we've it.
0: We've almost patented around here, and then it got real fancy. You know, it's got a lot. There's a singer out there <laughs> singing a song like that now. And but okay, uh, yeah, you are full of juice. And
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: What's going on here? And we will talk, and uh, I will be on your show next, or we will record anyway, uh, next week. So
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to that
0: cross pollination.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah. Um,
0: get this, get these tools out to as many people as, as, as can get it because, uh, Lord knows the world needs it right now. Specifically. If, if yeah. during, during these current times of what's going on, I'm really glad that I have some operating principles that work for me today. Cause, uh, i watch what's going on with the people who don't. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's tragic.
1: It really is. It really is. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for coming on today. and uh, you. I'll uh, an honor. Off. And uh, we'll just stick around for just a second after uh, this. And I have two things I say to close my podcast every single time, and, and the birds could be switched around. And I take no credit for anything. Everything that I have has been taught to me. You know, uh, that's a global thing. None of this, I can't put trademark next to any of this stuff. But I get a little email, and it says, if you're not enjoying your recovery, it's your own damn fault. Uh, okay. If you're not enjoying your life. Uh okay. And, uh, and I always thank everybody because somebody told me something once and my listeners know I'll expand on it maybe some other time. But I thank everybody for allowing uh, Pamela and I to uh, participate in our recoveries and our lives and our journeys in this manner today. Peace, Peace out.